Man, I'm exhausted. That Georgia game zapped every bit of energy out of me. But now I have to muster up some hate. But let me tell you, heroes, it's not hard. Welcome to Tennessee Hate Week edition of Houndstooth Heroes. It's officially been 5,114 days since the Tides last lost to their main rival, LFG. Welcome to the podcast. We are produced by Ian Petty, who keeps us in line, clothed, which seems to be an issue of late, and sounding good. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by Druid City Brewing Company. You can interact with your boys on the Twitter machine at H2Heroes or on Facebook with the Sad Moms. But for now, we're here to talk, Todd. I am joined by my co-host of some repute, Ellis Metz. And let me get it out of the way, Metzy. What's in your drink, and what is your level of midweek vol hate? Well, Gregory, back on my George Clooney tonight, a non-problematic white male actor whom we stan, although I did do some Googling, and it appears he has not been in a movie across from our love Dame Helen Mirren, so oh. get on that, George. Right. Uh, but I am drinking Casamigos. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lime wedge, pinch of salt. It is muy excelente, as George might say. My hate, my hate, I measure kind of like one of those year-round temperature graphs you can see on the Wikipedia. In the, in the spring and summer, things are lovely. Auburn has a new Heisman candidate quarterback. Tennessee's newest coach is going to return the program to its former self. And my hate lingers right around like a three. Uh, Then, you know, football season approaches. There's a slight chill in the air and it's a slow ramp up. My hate gets up to like a six. October brings with it a seven, seven and a half. And I'd say right now, Tuesday night of game week, I'm at a a good 8.2 tracking perfectly to peak at 10 midday Saturday. How about yourself? Fantastic. I am, as usual, on a bourbon and branch water. My midweek hate, it's like a hot cup of coffee in the morning. It's not that burn-your-dick-off coffee McDonald's situation yet, but it is mm. still uncomfortable on the tongue. But before we get to hating, we need to talk about the Georgia game. Let me tell you. It was touch and go there for a minute, and Buddy the Dogs got me got to talking on the Twitter machine. First half was a disaster on both sides of the ball for the Tide. Receivers were dropping balls, and they were running through our defense like shit through a tin horn, as has been said. The D is still something of a disaster, and I have some thoughts. But first, uh, give me your reflections. Start with the first half, because this was, as another coach said, a tale of two halves. Uh, that it was, Gregory. And I will credit our coaching staff for making it so. You know, they went in at halftime, made the right adjustments. But truth be told, I believe the biggest swing happened right before half when we entered Bizarro World at Bryant Denny Stadium. It would have been hilarious if not for all the very real PTSD that it exposed in us Bama fans. Uh, first, after Mac Jones properly spiked the ball, take notes over there, Bo Nix. Uh, Saban advocated to put one second back on the clock, which was just nightmarish to uh, replay. 
And then Kirby, like the little schoolboy, his haircut would imply that he is, tried to get his team to sprint off the field. Disastrous, hilarious. We got the second back on, and out came one Will Riker. Never doubted. We never, never, never doubted on this podcast. He smoothly booted a 52-yarder as the first half expired. Uh, you know, it is hard for me to be pleasantly surprised by Alabama football a lot in this era, but that was something to witness. Gregory. I agree. You know, we have we have not been supportive of the Alabama kicking game. Well, we're you know we're the first to say it. Uh, but Will Reichard is uh, a breath of fresh air, and I'll just say. Georgia missed a field goal. We made a field goal. We had Scott Cochran when we sucked. We don't have him now, and they do. Mm -hmm. You draw your own conclusions. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will add, you know, the the kicking game was a bright spot. The punting game was awful. Terrible. And uh, P. Ryan, whom we loved last year, was tweeting from the stands. So I don't I guess we're just dressing out a punter who is not talented. I don't don't even know if he has a name. No, that was hard to watch. Uh, I mentioned the coaching staff. You know, I don't know what we can say about Steve Sarkeesian that the listener. Hey, Fred. Thank you. uh, Hasn't heard from much smarter people already, uh, but he put on a masterclass. I mean, Sarkeesian took what Georgia gave, wasn't stubborn or egotistical by sticking to something that wasn't working and just let the playmakers on the team do their thing, which was awesome to watch. And then there was Pete Golding, whom we also never doubted. No, no, no. We doubted him. We completely we doubted, doubted him. him. We doubted him. We wanted him left on the field in Oxford. I need to know if we still doubt him because I don't really know what to say. We still uh, doubt him. Okay. All right. The six quarters, Ole Miss game, and the Georgia first half were absolutely the worst we've ever seen an Alabama defense play. Uh, The absolute low point in the history of Alabama defense coming, by the way, when Christian Barmore jumped off sides twice, twice in the red zone right before the half to give the Bulldogs a huge first down. Gregory, I thought your boy was going to have an aneurysm. I feel you, brother. But we need to talk about Dylan Moses Mm. for a minute. Mm. We were a disaster last year without Dylan Moses, and now we're a disaster with him. He is responsible for everything in the middle of the D, and we're getting gashed in that particular area. Do you remember Dante Hightower in 2010? He came back from a knee injury, and he was a liability all season. I, I, you know, I'm not, I can't read the man's mind, but he seemed afraid of taking on a running back coming out in full speed, and that's what I think we have here. It's a more of a mental problem than a physical problem, but until it gets out of his head, it's going to be a problem. We are entirely vulnerable to runs up the middle and to shallow crosses. That is solely on Dylan Moses. Teams are going to figure that out. Until it gets fixed, we don't stand a chance in the playoff if we even get that far. But you're right. The second half did get better. Two interceptions led to 21 unanswered points. And our last two drives that took 10 minutes off the clock were absolutely erotic and suffocated the Bulldogs. Would you call that erotic asphyxiation enough of that (laughs) anyway all right brother yes i was very into pretty much everything i saw from the offense on saturday uh, from the second drive onward gonna start with Najee. we never do that and he had a glorious game 152 yards 31 carries he looked like we've always wanted him to and it just felt like he and the o-line really are are getting into a groove that I'm excited to watch more of. Through the air, meanwhile, 
Mac Jones now catching national attention after throwing for 417 yards against what one of your boys called the nation's best defense. It still is. It is. The stats do, in fact, still back up that Georgia is the best defense in the country. Uh, and, and yet for Mac Jones, unfortunate really because his own teammate stands in the way of his winning the award. That's right, y'all. Let's waddle on down to the New York Downtown Athletic Club, the place where they used to give out the Heisman. All right, Jalen Waddle, our hero, finished the day with six catches, 161 yards, a career-long 90-yard touchdown catch, which was hilarious and left a Georgia defender sprawled on the ground like the puppy he was. One interesting note, Georgia chose to kick to Jalen more than we've seen thus far this season. I'm not sure what that was about. I don't well, he didn't do a lot, really. No, but um, you know, he could have, and he often does. So why would you make that choice? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, is Kirby being too cute for that like he always is? That's uh, exactly right. And and maybe Scott Cochran as well. But yeah. on the day, and uh maybe it's the tequila speaking here, Gregory, but for Jalen Waddle's performance, May Gusta. Oh Lord. All right. At the request of listener Esther and only listener Esther, we brought back Ask a Hero segment, and we're going to keep going until it crashes and burns, as all of our segments tend to do. The Ask a Hero, you know what? We're not going to do it this week. Mm-mm. Um, We'll do it next week. I just am not just mm-hmm. to do Ask a Hero. we got a lot going on. i got a lot of hating to do. So, like I said, with the preliminaries behind us, Let's move directly into the hate. Let it wash over you, heroes. Feel it from your head to your toes. I'm going to start. Rocky Top is a song about bestiality, and they play it more than crazy people call fine bomb. I don't care for Smokey. Most dogs are good boys. Smokey sucks. Jerry Duncan should have shot him when he had the chance. And by the way, if anybody has audio of that call, I will pay you, or Mets will post more nudes, whatever you prefer. Mets, is there anything that bothers you about Evolve? Gregory, where to begin? I mean, do we begin with accused sexual assaulter Peyton Manning's grotesque forehead? Is that the place to begin? Uh, maybe not, but the, the list is long, and it's entirely unsuitable for general audiences. I will say Knoxville is a garbage heap, and Neyland Stadium is the rotten tomato on top. Their football program has been a national laughingstock for literally over a decade now, and they haven't had 10 wins in a season since I was in high school. Saban got Fulmer fired. Lane Kiffin stole their women and left them burning their own mattresses. <laughs> Saban got Derek Dooley fired. Saban got Butch Jones fired and then made him come to Tuscaloosa to wash his Mercedes. And then, after all that, we sent Jeremy Pruitt up there as some sort of weird spy proxy situation just to ensure the mediocrity. Fair enough. That's some good hate. But let's go ahead and take a look at this year's Vol football team, if you want to call it that. I was high on the Vols, but maybe I was just high because Heroes, they got run by Kentucky last week. It was not a particularly close football contest. No, it wasn't. They're, they're going to enter this game limping off of two losses in a row to Georgia and Kentucky. The Vol offensive line has major issues after a promising first couple of weeks. The linebackers aren't nearly reliable enough. The secondary can't guard the middle of the field to save its life. And the defensive line has pretty much no push. And in fact, just this week, Jeremy Pruitt fired his defensive line coach here in the first half of the season. Hilarious. Uh, they, on, on offense, if you were, if I were 
forced to find bright spots. Their running back and receiver core are decent, but those two positions are reliant on both offensive line play and quarterback play, which has been complete trash over the last two weeks. They need a quarterback who can cover up their deficiencies, but instead they have one Jarrett Guantanamo, it says here. And we, yeah, I guess we still are, huh? Uh, yeah, we're, we're still going. Jared Guantanamo. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how to say the other word. Yeah, he is total trash. He threw two pick sixes in the first quarter against Kentucky last week. Hilariously, what, what really like just put a smile on my cold, dead face Saturday night was similar to last year's Alabama game. Jamie Pruitt pulled Garantano from the game and put in one JT Shrout, who just has the most horrible vol name a person could ever imagine. Shrout threw one pass, which went directly into a Kentucky player's arms for an interception. Yeah. Jeremy Pruitt, who does not know what asparagus is, is getting on the hot seat in Knoxville, according to people in the know. And that's what I am. I am in tune with people in Knoxville who are in the know. He's developed the defense pretty well. But look, they've had Guantanamo for three years, and he is not any better. The offensive line is loaded with five-star recruits, but they're not getting the job done either. In fact, the Vols are a wreck. Gregory? It's time to give the people what they want. You're right. I didn't know poverty is what people want, but Fred keeps listening, so let's get into it. It is time for the hates and the hate of the week. That's right. And first off, starting the day, an 11 o'clocker, if you're here with us in God's time, Barn travels off the plains over to Oxford, Mississippi, where the lane train is a three-point dog at home. Gregory, who do you hate? You know... I feel like we do this every year. Barn comes off some tragic game and Ole Miss looks good and everybody is all fired up that Ole Miss is finally going to beat Auburn and they never do. This is no different. Auburn is better than they looked last week. Ole Miss is still, they're going to be good, but right now they're not. Uh, Auburn's going to roll into Ole Miss and win that football game. I am hating on the Rebels, yourself. I'm afraid you're probably right, but Lane has introduced already a new culture there. I don't know if you saw, he got very upset uh, with people cheering for the team coming off he the did. field Good for after him. the Alabama game. I know, know, I thought that was... Yeah, you know I'm in love with Lane Kiffin. So any, I mean, and, and I went to law school at Ole Miss, so I, I kind of have vested, vested interest in Ole Miss doing well and doing well with Lane Kiffin. So yeah, get pissed off. I mean, expect more. Yeah, it was his exact message, and I think they are fully capable of beating Auburn, but I suspect you're exactly right. Something bizarre and terrible is going to happen to the Rebels, and I hate to say it, but I'm going to hate a Colonel Reb here. Uh, Next up, we go to one of your favorite places in the SEC, Como, where the uh, Missouri Tigers are hosting the Stoops, Stoopsian Cats, Gregory, who do you hate here? Cats are five and a half point fakes. Um, you know, I just don't know. Um, I, you know, I'm going to go with Mizzou. I'm going to hate Kentucky because I've obviously put a lot of thought in this one. <laughs> I believe that, you know, Missouri has, Missouri's getting better and Kentucky's coming off a big win and they're going to, I, you know, uh, that that tends to not do well for um, mediocre teams. They come in, they off a big win, and they just sort of collapse. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think it's going to be closer than five and a half. 
probably a three-point game. I'm going to hate on a cat. What about you? See, here's where my own artificial intelligence kicks in mm. because I have I have uh, been on record on this year podcast multiple times this season buying into teams who then immediately collapse. Right. And all week I've been buying into Kentucky and, and really since the Tennessee game, believing in the Cats, which means they are due for a collapse. There's no way around it. I hate it for you, Big Blue Nation. But uh, on that note alone, going to hate a cat here. I think Mizzou may even win straight up. Uh, fair enough. I would not be surprised. Next up, the cock rolls into the stick. Um, LSU is uh, giving the cock seven points. What say you, my friend? Who do you hate? I, I don't know still what to make of this LSU team. I don't know if you saw that they're now reporting Miles Brennan played multiple quarters uh, in their last game with torn abdominal muscles. Oh, damn. If you didn't see it, it doesn't sound great. If you didn't see it, Miles Brennan is bragging about it on his own Twitter account. Oh, really? Okay. Said quitters quit, something Mm. along, whatever, something something brilliant along those lines. Um, But I, I suspect he may be hampered. I don't know that they're any good. And I think I'm hating a tiger here. I am extremely hating a tiger, my friend. Uh, LSU's trash. Look, they keep getting these lines that don't make any sense. Uh, Carolina is legitimately as good as Auburn. I'm not sure that if they played 10 times, Carolina would win more than five. But I think they are probably as good as Auburn, and that's not saying a lot. But they are better than LSU. I firmly – who is who is who has LSU impressed you against? Nobody. They're, they're missing half their team. Um, some of them opted out, some of them opted out for COVID. You know, I, I just don't see it. And, you know, you can't lose a good three quarters of your team, even if it was a national championship team, when you're number two. It, LSU has had good recruiting classes, but they are not deep like Alabama is. Um, their number twos cannot immediately step in. Their number twos are playing, their number twos, and it shows that they're number twos. I am hating LSU. All right. Good luck with that, Coach O. And then we would be remiss if we let this podcast come to a close without checking in with our beloved Panthers of Pitt. Mm. Hashtag go pants. Uh, Okay, no, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to keep doing it and you can't stop me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our beloved Panthers, they're not the Golden Panthers. Is that right? No, they're not. No, they're not. Okay. All right, they are sitting at three and three after three consecutive losses. Yeah, uh, they did. They're, they're they not did trending cover. up, my friend. They are not trending no, up. No, they're not. They're not. They did cover last week against Miami against our predictions. Uh, anywho, they are at home again at one Heinz Field, and Notre Dame comes to town as ten and a half point faves. Tell me who you hate, Gregory. First of all, I want to know: Do you have a frog in your pocket? Because who is this hour you're talking about? I absolutely <laughs> picked Miami in that game. Oh, okay, right. sorry. All right. Uh, Notre Dame's on a roll. Pitt's going to lose, and they're going to lose handsomely. I am hating on a Panther. What about yourself? Uh, I am so sorry, Producer Petty. But I am too. I got, I got to agree. Uh, there's even a debate whether uh, Kenny Pickett, whom we love, <laughs> is uh, going to play for Pitt. He's their starting quarterback for I those was not say, in we, I, we, Of course yes. we love him, but who the hell is Kenny Pickett? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, he's their quarterback who is talented, uh, but but looking questionable for the game. I hate to say it. I'm hating a Panther here. Hashtag H2P anyway. 
Hold up a second, heroes. This is producer Petty. I gotta hijack the pod here and get something off my chest for the listener. Hey, Fred. While your boys are hating a panth, let me ask you to reconsider your wagering this weekend and check out some notable next-gen stats. Notre Dame and Pitt go back as rivals in 1909, and over the past 10 meetings, the margin of victory is 6.5, with Pitt outright winning four of those meetings. With both these defenses being top-ranked, Notre Dame at 11, Pitt at number 7, Pitt also leading the nation in sacks for what that's worth, it should be a low-scoring affair. Pitt is known for coming out of nowhere to humble a top-ranked team each year, and Notre Dame is sitting inexplicably at number three this week after eking by a Louisville team that Pitt beat soundly a couple weeks back. Pitt's offense is indeed trash, but the D will keep him in the game. Pitt will cover and take the under. I am hating a Golden Domer this week. Back to you, Gregory. And that brings us, ladies and gentlemen, to the third Saturday in October where the tide rolls into our second home in Knoxville. Really, it's more like a vacation trailer where we roll in, shit in the yard, and catch the herp. And Alabama is a 21-point favorite. Tell me, Betsy, who do you hate? Gregory, I'm excited about this one more than I have been in recent years. You know, it can get we, – we do our best to never let this game be just another game. You know, I think we do a good job of – making it a big one and and the players still care about it. The players still show up with cigars ready. Uh, well, not so much the Tennessee players, right. but uh, it, it's still, it, it's I think. It's going to be sad to just carry on that crusty cigar for 14 years. Dude, so dry, so crusty. Yeah, I'm sure somebody's waiting, uh, but luckily we will not be. Um, I, think, I think it's going to be a good one this year. I feel like our players have caught a fire coming out of that Georgia game and, and want to kind of keep the trend and momentum that they've built. Um, I just think the offense is going to do whatever they want, which has, has been the case for every game we've played pretty much, but I think it will be especially the case there and they will find the orange checkerboard many, many times, you know, it all, whether we cover comes down to the defense and whether we can get some stops, but surely to goodness, I think, I think Golding is going to simplify some things, make it really easy. I'm going to go ahead and predict now another Malachi Moore interception. And I liked, we hadn't talked about it. I liked the way he immediately looked for the other end zone. I mean, he was on his own goal yeah, line, yeah. but tucked the ball, started running and had some blockers. So Trustful's finest back there. I'm expecting another big day from. I think we roll big, Gregory. I am hating a Vol here big. And I'm going to say Tide 52, Vol, give me 17, 52, 17. Alabama Crimson Tide 69, the Tennessee Volunteers 12. And that. Oh, was- I thought you were going to say zero. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're going to score. They're going to score four field goals. And that'll do it for another of this year's fifth edition of Houndstooth Heroes. As always, we will try to do better next week. Thanks to Bo and Elliot and all the good people at Druid City Brewing Company for always keeping us in the tastiest of suds. And we're in Tuscaloosa. You should do the same. Take us home, my man. All right, Gregory. Go to hell, Tennessee. Love you, man. Love you. Roll Tide. I'll be good. Roll Tide.
They low down, they dirty, they some snitches. I, I just hate Tennessee, man. 